Hey, what's up? Welcome back to another Get Geekish podcast. I'm Bino, joined by uh, Derek over there. We're going to talk about some more stuff this week. What we do? We, we talk about everything that we get geekish about, fandoms, nerd stuff, things going on in the world. And uh, just a few days ago, Derek sent me a link for a tabletop size Galga video game display. And mm. it was on super sale, but it was already sold out by the time I got the link. Um, Which is and a shame. It is, because... He sent that to me. Galga's my jam, right? <laughs> I don't know why, but ever since I was a small child, shooting those little Space Invader-esque ships and hitting that button as fast as you can, have 40 years of my life, I, I have always seen that game and wanted to play. And I used to get pretty good at it. I was not, like, you know, championship material, but a lot of my growing up with these arcade games uh, would be we'd go visit malls. You know, mm-hmm. this is the mid to late '80s, and my mom would say, mall? "All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go drive to the mall in Westminster. Or we're gonna go drive to the mall in Fort Collins. Or we're gonna go drive to the mall in whatever. You know, an hour, hour and a half drive away to get to the mall." She would go wander around and look for shopping, and then I get to go to the arcade. So I'd get between one and two dollars to last an hour or two at the arcade. And so, what did you do? You either pumped quarters in the machine, played for two minutes, and then just wandered around staring at people longingly while they played for two hours, or you found a game you could get good at, and you could make a quarter last for 20 or 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did with Galga. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, first of all, going to a mall to the arcade is such a foreign concept these days. Um, I don't even think mall, do malls have arcades anymore? Some probably do. I, a few of them do. But they're not near what they were long no. ago. No, no, and and the thing is too is like so. My arcade days were at the bowling alley. My parents used to be part of a bowling league, and they would go bowling, and then they'd do the same. They'd give me like five bucks and go, "Hey, we're gonna be bowling for two hours. Go keep yourself entertained." I'm like, five dollars. So it became like an art to find that game. That I mean, it basically, it's it's like when you go to Vegas now, you try to find the penny slots or the quarter slots to and make them last, mm-hmm. right? So it became an art to find that game that you could get good at. We all made mistakes, you know. You see the time crisis, like arcade mm-hmm. thing. And you're like, oh, oh, and you're like, yeah. So you grab the gun and you pump in a dollar fifty, and it's gone within your what, life two for minutes? seven seconds. Yeah. It's like, all right, there's some bad guys going to pull you. Oh, do you want to continue? Put in two more dollars. Time crisis is the fruit stripe of the arcade world. So, um, you know, you learned real quick, like the big flashy ones, not the way to go. Like Mortal Kombat, I think I could do 50 cents and, you know, play that for a good 20 minutes, just climbing up the, the ladder there. Or like you said, Galaga, you put in a quarter and you you're good for a little bit, just sitting there bash, mashing the buttons. It's funny that, and it's sad, that times have changed so much that the youth of today will get to miss out on that. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, it, you, know, you know, they have the arcade collections that you can get for Xbox and PlayStation. It's not the same. No, it's not. And At it's it, it's it's a bummer too because it wasn't like you said it was a bowling alley arcade. Things were everywhere. They were there to entertain you. I remember the bowling. I had the same thing with the bowling alley where there was always a break to go play some video games or pinball in the back of the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. Most family restaurants had game rooms where there oh. were some arcade games in there. I'd remember going to Shakey's Pizza and I could go play Super Mario Brothers or Galga or Donkey Kong or something. Get a couple bucks while you're waiting for food and things like that. Uh, bars and restaurants. I was too young for this time, but they were 
you know, front front rooms of those things too, waiting areas and restaurants. If there was a seat waiting area before you got seated, there was generally a video game or two here and there, and they were just a cultural phenomenon. And it was people enjoyed watching it. If somebody was really good, then within twenty minutes there'd be a crowd of four or five people standing there watching. Oh man, this guy, this, this person's really good at this. Well, look at that. Right. I've, I've never got that far in asteroids, and it was you know this cultural phenomenon and uh there's have you watched the high score series on netflix i have not no the the only video game quote-unquote documentary i've seen was the king of Khan, which was interesting well this <laughs> that documentary I, I think i've watched five or six episodes now it's really really good it's made by the same people that did a great big story they used to have the podcast called that mm-hmm. so they are amazing storytellers and they get some really cool stuff about video game history <laughs> But there was an interesting scenario of they actually, uh, one of the companies had figured out the mathematical formula for how long a player should play a game before they have to put it in another quarter to get the amount of enjoyment versus feeling how much time it's worth versus how much money the game's making. And if I recall correctly, it was like a minute and 28 seconds or two minutes and 20 seconds or something was the oh, really? ideal time of the turnover of for the arcades to make a lot of money and people going to the arcade to still feel like it was worth their time. So some of the games, why it explains the late nineties and early, the late eighties and early nineties, it got so horrible is because the games were being designed that, okay, you're going to need to put in a new quarter every 90 to 220 seconds, no matter mm-hmm. what. Whereas some of the old games, the Pac-Mans, the Galgas, and stuff like that, I think they had such a fun because people would play them ad nauseum until they got good. They'd memorize the patterns because they could just play it over and over and over and over and over again. And the games were then designed to like, no, we, we don't we don't want somebody sitting at this arcade cabinet for two hours because that's two hours that it's not making any more money. Right. Which did you, sucks. <laughs> did you ever have the problem? So, like, this happened to me a couple times. Like, when your family, you know, treats your parents treat the family to go on out to a restaurant, right? And you go up and they're like, oh, it's going to be a 30-minute wait. Okay. Your parents give you the quarters because they have the arcade machines up there and it's usually that crappy one that has, you know, a handful of games on it. And by crappy, I mean it's been used. <laughs> the joystick's really loose and, and the You're buttons lucky are if warm. the button works every time. Right. But you still, you, you still put the quarter in and you're sitting there playing and all of a sudden they're like, you know, uh, we got a table ready. You're like... But I just, I'm in the middle. I'm doing really well, and then you have to go, and then like some and little parents don't under, didn't understand that. You're I like, know, look, right? I can see the table. I'll come join you in two minutes. Like, <laughs> you're sitting over there. Okay, I'll be right here. Just, just give me. A, and then and parents used to get on my case for wasting money, and they never understood the fact. Well, you're like wasting money. I put a quarter in here. That's like throwing a quarter away if I don't right? finish this game. <laughs> it and it, it is funny because you. You're talking about, you know, that documentary where they're saying basically like it's a slot machine thing of like this isn't making money so we need to up it. That was always one of the big heartbreaks as a kid. When you go in, you're, you know, especially at the bowling alley or the laser tag place, you're used to this game being this much and the next thing you know, they raised it by a quarter. You're like, this used to be a quarter, now it's 50 cents to play? Why? Yeah, game, games were always a quarter, except for the brand new spanking ones would be 50 cents. That was mm-hmm. a big deal. Oh, this is an expensive game. Remember the big giant afterburner game that came out? You actually go sit in the cockpit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, and they probably lost money on a lot of those, but it was like 50 cents or a dollar to play that. And it was it was worth it, though, because the whole seat moved. <laughs> well, that was the thing, too, because with the, with the Cruising USA and Cruising World games, you know, you're sitting in the chair and you're sitting there driving. 
when that first came out, I think I'm pretty sure that was like 50 cents. And mm-hmm. then I remember going to like a little laser tag lock-in because, oh man, those were those were the days. Going to a laser tag lock-in, you're just surrounded by an arcade. All with unlimited night long. Play. Yep, unlimited play. And then you have the laser tag too. It got to the point where I didn't give a crap about going to play laser tag. I just wanted to play the arcade games because they were free play. But it was even still like, even just going in there randomly for just a day, like somebody's birthday party, seeing that dollar raise on that cruising USA game, you're like, guys, now I, d- I want to play this game, but now I can't. And you, all your friends whose parents gave them like 20 bucks to play and mm-hmm. your parents gave you five, they're like, oh, let's go play this cruising world game. And you're like, can't. no, I'm all right. I'm going to go play Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, but will. And it's, it's interesting because a lot of places have taken advantage of that now. You look at the, the, the Dave and Buster's style mm-hmm. of places, and they still hurt my brain so because the games are still developed to go as quick as you can through cutting, but you, play, you pay with credit, so you never know how much you're spending. Right. Or you can slide that stupid card through Dave and Buster's and blow through 30 or 40 bucks in five minutes, but like, what well, just happened? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> So I just <laughs> so what the last time we were there was like my bachelor party, right? Yep, that's think, how cool I, we are. Yeah, I think that was the last <laughs> time I was actually in an arcade arcade too, and like that was my first time at David Buster's, and it is one of those weird things. I mean, because now it's like any arcade you go to, any laser tag place, whatever, it's you load this card up. You know, maybe it's going to teach the kids how to use a debit card. I don't know. I don't know the whole reason behind it. Maybe they got tired of the coins jamming the machines. I don't know. All I know is one, like you said. You blow through it real quick. Two, that takes the fun out of walking up to other machines and checking the coin slot and see if quarters went through or tokens mm-hmm. went through. Because I got to or, play so many games that way. Or slapping your quarter up on top of the little uh, the top of the arcade box to claim your next in a fighting game or something. Like, oh, my quarter's up here. Like it's my spot. I'll sit you back know, here and watch. <laughs> I, I never got that pleasure. I saw that in movies, but it's never happened to me in real life. Because when I went to go <laughs> play at the bowling alley, my parents were bowling. I was damn near the only kid there. That's probably a little bit because just the few extra years I have on you was, I think, the very, very height of the arcade phenomenon of the groups going to places for it. So I probably have just a little bit more of that. Because I remember with, with, with Mortal Kombat, that with Street Fighter, it came out. When those games came out, they the one in the mall where I grew up, they actually had two of the Street Fighter 2 arcade boxes. And for like six months, you had to wait four or five turns to get a chance to play but then there was always some like high school kid that was unfreaking beatable so he'd just be getting free game after free game because if you win you get to play the next game for free and then everyone else is just right. dumping quarters to fight against him and there's a lot of almost fights at those arcades <laughs> that's another joy though that was another huge choice if you know especially in like the cruising games or any race game basically is you get first place you get a race again Mm-hmm. So it was always like a lot of fun to do that. And and if you didn't, you're like, eh, you know, I had fun. But then they started raising the price. And it was one of those ones where I'm like, I want to play these newer games. Like, I loved Time Crisis, but I never made it very far in that game. As a kid, no. Um, what was it? A while back, me and my buddy went to the pinball place in Fort Collins and they had Time Crisis in there. And I think we did Unlimited Play. Mm-hmm. Where it was just it was like free play. You just pay like ten bucks and you can play all the arcade games as long as you want. And they had Time Crisis Center. We finally beat the game, but it took so many continues. And I'm sitting there trying to add up the math. I'm like, this is like a dollar. So it's a dollar fifty to start, and then like a dollar to continue. I'm like, 
as many times as we continued, we could probably could have bought this game outright. Mm-hmm. You that, think how people actually did that stuff in the arcades at a point? Because the only time I ever got to play those type of games, I remember House of the Dead was one for me like oh, that. That was so much I like that too. one a whole lot. But if you could last more than a minute or two in the game, you were doing really, really good. But there was mm-hmm. there was a lot of levels in that game. And there were two places. I remember down in Denver, there was a Boardwalk USA, which was awesome. You'd pay like 20 bucks, and it was the biggest arcade you'd ever seen, and everything was free play. So there's no putting quarters or anything. Everything was free play, so you just went over your card, and you could play whatever game you wanted as long as you wanted during your time frame. And there was another place in Longmont that they bought an old furniture store. Upstairs was pool tables. Downstairs was arcade games. Not mm-hmm. brand new ones. They were all were at least a few years old or older ones. But you paid $5, and that gave you two hours or four hours of unlimited play, whatever you want. So we beat House of the Dead one time, and I did the exact same thing. I'm counting the math up. I'm like, if this had been in a real arcade, we just would have dropped like $117 to beat this game. <laughs> well, you know what's funny, too, is with House of the Dead or what with Time Crisis and other like the Lethal Forces Area 51, the different shooting oh, games yeah. like that. If you were playing with a friend and the friend didn't do as well as you or vice versa, that person who did well got a free game, got to continue, and the person who didn't had to continue and put the quarters in. And that was always funny because, like, sometimes you're sitting there playing with friends and you're having fun, and then, like, you get to the next level and they're like, can I borrow some quarters? I can't. I can't go. And you're like, this is all my money, man. Man, just so this, make a choice. the sound of that change machine, that little brownish tan change machine with the orange light. You slide your dollar in about 17 mm. times before it catches it right. and then Sitting there, <sighs> like, straightening out the dollar. It was always funny, too, because you're sitting there, if you're in the middle of a game, and you can hear people doing that, and then you hear somebody put in, like, a tenor, and you just hear the ching, 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 ching. Like, oh, they're ready to play. Like, you get all serious. Like, oh, Whoa, that is that, is that ready. like a pro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, so, my parents just love me a lot. They want me to wait. <laughs> so I was interested. I was looking through some of the lists of some of the, the most popular arcade games of the time. Mm-hmm. And I started with the uh, the 80s games. And my my favorite, Galaga, was at the top, thankfully. Which, I forgot my other uh, video game hangout was the Roller Rink. Oh, yes. Heck of an arcade there. <laughs> um. But they also included Pac-Man, Space Invaders, Miss Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Frogger, 1942, which I loved that game for some reason. Dude, I forgot about that game. Mm -hmm. Asteroids, Outrun, Tetris, Street Fighter, Dragon's Lair, Battlezone, Dig Dug, Pole Position, Afterburner, Gauntlet, Centipede. Some of the top of the list was the most popular 80s one. I loved Centipede, and I don't know why. Like, the game is... It's pretty basic. I mean, it's basically kind of like an asteroids ripoff, but it was it was a lot of fun. So I for some reason I didn't like Centipede that much. I hated the ball controller. Centipede yeah. had it. Uh, Missile Command had it. A few other games where it was just a big. It looked like a billiard ball in the center of the arcade yeah. console. And you just had to roll it around to do stuff with it. I did not Playing like those golf controllers. Like that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had those little triangle buttons with the red tiny one at the top so it looked like it was part of a plain cockpit but you couldn't mash it you had to like just touch the end of it I don't know why that oh, was just man. <laughs> and what was funny too is a lot of those 80s games you played and then they made it well you know like arcade I'm assuming arcade cabinets were exp- uh, I know they were expensive because there was times where I looked into getting them 
But back then, these businesses didn't want to drop five hundred to a thousand dollars on a new arcade cabinet, so they kept going for the cheap ones that probably once a month you'd go in and have an out of order thing on it because the quarter machine wasn't working or something like that. So mm-hmm. they had to like tweak it a little bit. Well, it was an art form because kids did not treat those things well. So no. the people that actually ran arcades, uh, you, you look at the the character in Wreck-It Ralph. I mean, yep. the people that loved their arcades, they took care of their machines and they kept them okay. But there's a lot of other places. It was every time you went in, half of them are broken because no one knew how to fix them. But they, they, they took a little TLC once people are sitting there kicking them and th- shoving each other and banging the things when they don't get something right. And it was it was always bad too when you go up to one and you go to either grab the joystick or hit the buttons and they're sticky. You're like, oh, oh I yeah, play this now. I put a quarter in because <laughs> there are also a lot of times you know, roller rinks, malls, bowling alleys. So people would have their plate of nachos, their soda, their slice of pizza that they'd be sitting on top of the games everywhere going on to. Mm-hmm. And the arcades and the malls always had a no food or drink rule. Yeah, but they never really enforced it all that well. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> And I, I like some of the big multiplayer cabinets. I really jazzed out because the Ninja Turtles had the four-player cabinets. Mm-hmm. Simpsons had the four-player cabinets. X-Men had that eight-player cabinet. Dude, or was so it six? The, six or eight. There was a lot of people Simpsons, put in there. The Simpsons and the X-Men one and the Ninja Turtle one, actually, all together, I, I wasted a lot of quarters on those ones. And then there was Golden Axe. Oh, Golden that, Axe was my jam. I love the that Golden Axe. For what, for, yeah, for whatever reason, I always loved that game. And even though that was a quarter eater, too, it was just... Yeah, but I, just, I, I think you may have already hit on that point. With Golden Axe, you're probably the exact same way. Once you got decent at it, you could make that quarter last five or six, mm-hmm. ten minutes pretty easily. Because yeah. you get through those first four or five levels without even getting hit before you even have to fight something that's tough. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's, it's the game of repetition. You know, basically how some games are now on console, it's just... You know, they're not eating quarters. So back in Golden Axe, you're sitting there putting a quarter in. You know, oh, I died. Quarter in. Oh, I died. But then you could go, okay, so I know what's going to happen. Here comes the big boss. Let's save all our magic items for that and just start it spamming them and hitting them and everything like that. That was a, that was, oh, man, take me back. Mm-hmm. You had to kick the little elves to get your health potions back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, which character did you choose in Golden Axe? I, I have a guess that who you were. Well, so for a while there, I chose the little dwarf. I don't know why, because probably in my mind he had a smaller hitbox. I don't know. But then I went after the uh, the girl. What was her name? Oh, well, I was wrong. I figured you would have been the blue loincloth dude. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I chose the dwarf because I liked his axe. But then, like, I started going, uh, was she Amazonian? I don't know. Yeah. The, look the, up her the name. The girl. Right? Yeah. The girl when I, you know, became... <laughs> A little bit older. <laughs> Tyrus Flair. Yeah, for, for reasons. Guileless yeah. Thunderhead. Well, see, I... When I did, chose characters in those video fighting games, I almost always, when I first started out, I picked the smallest, like the, the, the tankiest looking like dwarfs type things, mm-hmm. or the female characters. And it wasn't always just because they were... <laughs> 
built to be very, uh, we'll say, voluptuous more so than Shit. humans can actually be. What their armor protects, we'll never know. But be- Because in those early 80s games, a lot of them didn't even look like real people anyway, so it wasn't quite that thing. But for some reason, I like being the characters that weren't the same. I didn't want to be the character everybody else was. When played right. Street Fighter, Ken and Ryu were the two characters that I picked last because I everybody was them. I didn't want to be them. Everybody was them. I wanted to be the characters that, like the, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is about because I always with, with Street Fighter I was always Blanca or Chun Li or E Honda. When it was uh, Final Fight, it was Hagger. When it was Golden Axe, it was always the Dwarf. Like that was that. Those were my my go tos for some reason. Well, what's funny is like when I st- so you'd play. I, I had Mortal Kombat on the Sega Genesis one and two, um, and then they would get Mortal Kombat in the cabinets in the arcade, and the moves are basically the same. So you could kind of feel like. Kind of a pro when you're sitting there, you know, I'm choosing Sub-Zero, I'm going down forward punch and freezing people. And then, like, I remember a couple times where I was watching somebody and they were doing, like, they did a fatality. And I was like, whoa, you can do fatalities on the cabinets? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> so then you start learning those. And this was, a, this was before the internet, you know. This is before you could Google something. So you're sitting there having to figure out, like, just button mashing to figure uh, out moves. Hands in the air if you ever had a little tiny pocket-sized spiral notebook that you wrote down moves that you'd bring with you to the arcade to pull out and look. I did have one, but I never <laughs> took it to the arcade. No, I, that, that's something I did not do. But what of what are the best arcade moments that I could look back at now, but at the time I was very just mad about it, was my cousin and I, so my grandma took us to the Greeley Mall, and there's an arcade in there, and we went to go play Cruisin' World. And we we ran to the thing because we were just going to race each other. And I was like, I want this seat. And I was like, no, 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 I want this seat. You know, because she was going to choose that one. The whole kid mentality of like, no, wait, I want that one. So I sat down in that seat. She sat down in the seat that I was originally going to do. And she reached down to move the seat forward. And there was a $20 bill there. And she found $20. And I was like, that could have been mine. And she like was like, oh, I found $20. And of course, my grandma didn't make her split it with me because, you know, why would she? But finders keepers. I was, I know. I was like, that that could have been mine. So that's that's my one of my arcade memories because I was sitting there the whole day. I was just bitter because I was like, look at all the games I could have played with that. Mm-hmm. Not save it, but the games I could have played. Plus, back then I was a huge claw machine junkie. Did you like, actually I, ever win anything from a claw machine, dude? I did. I used to be so good at those. <laughs> And then nowadays, I'm pretty sure that they loosen the claw quite a bit. But oh, you again, go, the, you could have picked something up and you're like, oh, look, I'm going to win this machine. Look, I've got it. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got pretty well to the point where at the bowling alley, like old ladies would give me some money to go win them something. And I usually would come back with something after like spending two bucks. So I, I got pretty good at it at the bowling alley. But I don't think I have that skill anymore, sadly. But, it's rigged. Rigged. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm pretty sure they are. I tell you, in the uh, 90s, when games got a little bit uh, better with graphics, some of my favorite uh, moments were spending the arcade playing NBA Jam and NBA oh Blitz or NFL Blitz. He's on fire! Oh, dude, <laughs> NFL Blitz was so stupid but fun. <laughs> Just doing wrestling moves on, on the other team. Every play, it looks like somebody's injured. <laughs> right. How is he still playing? I just jumped on his back. <laughs> At NBA oh Jam, God. so many one-liners came from that. Oh, you get all the code. That was another. You get all the codes. You could do things. You get their big heads or have mm-hmm. other weird characters show up on them. Dude, the only reason to to put in a cheat code was to get the big heads because it was just so goofy. Mm-hmm. Oh man, 
And I, I can still hear some of those sounds, like when you're doing little defense and you hand it. Yep. <laughs> the, little, the little, what, 16-bit squeaks that they have, like, <laughs> from their shoes. And then and oh. fighting games started going into a thing, because I... I I feel like I, I don't want to say a purist, but I love the old fighting games where it's just one-on-one fighting. Because the new ones, even like Super Smash Brothers and some of the other stuff, there's at times like, why are there nine characters on the screen right now? This is a one-on-one fight. What's happening? But I think the Marvel versus Capcom started doing that when you had to have the two different characters, and your two characters would have to defeat the other two characters, but then there'd be other ones that would come in and help sometimes. And they started say, making all these you super... like that? Aren't you a fan of Marvel vs. Capcom? Like I said, I do like it. I still like Smash Brothers too, but I would prefer it if it was just a one-on-one actual fight. Because mm. it, it, like, when you have all this other stuff going on, I feel like it takes away some of the magic of the actual fight thing. You're like, oh look, gonna get, oh that guy's gonna shoot with a laser that fills the entire screen. Cool, I win. Like, <laughs> what was it? Was it Virtual Fighter and Tekken in like the mid '90s? Start doing the arcade cabinets, and that mm. was that was a lot of fun. Virtual Fighter with their blocky 3D models, and when Tekken came out, I was like, "Oh my god, look at the graphics on this thing!" Yeah, they were they were fun, but I I, st- I did not like those. They were slower. Yeah, they were slower, and the the 3D like the concept was cool, but I just preferred a 2D fighter where they would just fight because the 3D graphics just it, it wasn't quite right, and it just seemed like it held them down. Yeah. Uh, I, I still played the heck out of them, but it was everyone was got all like in my high school. Killer Instinct was like the cool oh, game dude. to play, and I didn't care for Killer Instinct. I, okay, whatever, sweet, yeah, yeah, it's Killer Instinct, it's a fighting game. But you could be a werewolf. I know. Uh, quarter Muncher that I don't think I ever got to beat. Terminator Two Judgment Day. With the gun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All the games with the guns. I mean, yeah, Terminator Two with the gun. You talked about Lethal Enforcers and Area Fifty One. Uh, God, there was an old 80s one that was... There was a helicopter one, too. Choplifter? Like, I don't remember. Yeah, you go up and you had the oh. two, and you're sitting there like pointing at the screen, and you're moving it like this. You're like, oh, I'm doing so well. And then it's like, game over. You're like, I thought I was doing so well. Mm-hmm. And I didn't love wrestling, but I did like the characters in 80s wrestling, and the WWF WrestleMania arcade oh. game was yeah, so, so much fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was so, I, th- I think that was like... The perfection of wrestling games. Uh huh. Like they've they've come out with some mm, ones, but that one I think was by far the best. And the thing is, is like there was always so many choices, and it it sucked too, because like if you go on a busy Saturday, like your parents are like, eh, it's, we're gonna go practice bowling on Saturday morning, or whatever. And there's kids in there, you're like, uh, I guess I guess I mean, there's Donkey Kong. I mean, there was always that one game that you didn't really care to play. But, but you would because there wasn't a line. Right, right. So, like, Burger Time was one of them. I was just like, eh, it's there. Um, well, it seems like almost all the old games were like that because, you know, when you're talking mid-90s, a lot of the games out there, the Burger Times, the Tappers, the Centipede, the Gaggles, those are games that were 15 years old. So they were, right. like, not cool. Like, they were right. old games. They're, you know, why would anybody play those ones? What's one of the most underrated games that you loved that was in the arcade camp that it seemed like nobody else played that you couldn't get enough of? Oof. Oh, man. I don't know. Like The thing is, is, like I can think of a whole bunch of them that I played the heck out of. I know that there was a motorcycle game where you sat on the bike that didn't seem like a lot of people played it. Mm-hmm. 
and that was fun to me. Um, it's like enduro racer or something like something, that. Something I don't remember. There was a wave racing game like that too. But uh, honestly, the one that I went to, not a lot of people played Golden Axe. Mm. And it was it was one of those ones where I, I I could always pick that one up and start slashing skeletons and whatnot in it. But uh, I know that there's some. And then what's funny too is that bowling alley eventually did like a they still had the arcade, but then they did like a virtual golf room mm-hmm. where you could just hit it at the screen. You know, when that became popular, it's like golf indoors and you virtual thing. I didn't do that, but I would go in there every once in a while because they had um, one of those. You sit up on like the little bar thing and they have those little TV screens that are like this big and you could choose different card games. And for some reason, I got into cards in that game. And I remember I felt like a secret agent or something at one time because I was at like 13. I went in there and I found a card game that if you play it, like it's almost like strip poker, but it was like solitaire. And like the girl was on the screen, like she'd go down to her bikini. That's about it. But I was like, what is this game? Was that like Leisure Shoot Larry's book of cards or something like that? I don't remember what it was, dude. But it was, I was sitting here playing this and I didn't even realize it because I didn't, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And I'm sitting there, that's happening. I was like. Am I supposed to be in here? What? What? I like cards now. <laughs> but I don't know. I, there's there was a lot of old school games that I felt like didn't get enough love once the '90s came about because everybody was about the you know. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it because I do like the hyper violent games where you're sitting mm-hmm. there like, oh, but yeah, I, I just like I guess I mean the a lot of the stuff were so into the graphics that I wanted the game to be fun. Cool mm-hmm. graphics are neat, but. I wanted to have a game that I could play and enjoy for 20 minutes rather than play a game. Oh, these graphics are sick. And my game's over. <laughs> what What was it? Airwolf? No, that's not it. There was a helicopter game. Kind of like 1942 where it was over the top and it was over the jungles. Uh, Tiger Heli? Was that it? That was on Nintendo. I don't know if it was an arcade game or not. There was an arcade game kind of like that though, where you're sitting there kind of like 1942 where you're sitting there with a helicopter and you could get different upgrades and different things. It was like Contra, but in a helicopter. Vertical. Top, yeah. Yeah. Top down, which was a yep. lot of fun. And I don't think a lot of people played that one. So. Yeah. I had the same Raiden was one of my favorite games like that too. It was a spaceship. Same concept. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Cause I think there's like a version of the Raiden one that was like, <laughs> I think that something. game you could take that concept and there was probably 30 or 40 it. of different ones with slightly different yeah. graphics. One of my un- unknown favorites was uh, Heavy Barrel. Oh my no God. one ever wanted to play Heavy Barrel, but and the graphics were mediocre at best. But all you went around and you shot bad guys, and you collected all the pieces. And if you collected all the pieces of the big gun, then you had this like gargantuan like thirty seconds of just destroy everything on the screen. And that game, for some reason, I got hours of it. Um, and the other one that I couldn't get enough of was Iron the Ivan Man's Off Road Challenge. It was a was pickup pickup truck racing game. So you get in the arcade and there'd be three. There was a red, yellow, and a blue mm-hmm. yep. with the steering wheels. And then yep. you take these little trucks and you race around and get all the things. And another one, if you won, you got to keep going for free. So if you were yep. you got good at it, you could make a quarter last half an hour if you played against a bunch of people you could win races on. Was it just me or were those steering wheels hard to turn for that one? Right? Oh, they they were, and it, it was yeah. part of the game because it was one of the first ones that actually had the haptic reinforcement. So when you were trying to turn, if you were trying to turn going really fast, were you in the rut? It actually yeah. made uh, like choked a gear down, so you had to really push into it. And- <laughs> oh my god! So I remember, I remember doing that. And I remember one time grabbing. I 
blue was my favorite color as a kid. So I remember going to blue at one point and driving. And I'm like, wait, this is too loose. This doesn't feel right because, <laughs> you know, they had broken it. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, all right, I go to red. <laughs> so you weren't the only one because uh, every time a different place had one of those, at the timeout arcade in the mall, I always wanted the red car because the red car was faster. The bowling alley, the yellow one was faster, but at the family fun center, the blue car was faster. So that's what I always tried for. And I had it in my head that they you know, went there and tweaked and, oh, yeah, they probably put it so that this car is a little faster than this one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Those, I, I, I'll say those racing games, you know, the Cruising World, Cruising USA, the, the, the Monster Truck one, everything like that, those helped us become better drivers. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll go with that. The whole like, oh, I'm going to do manual, and you're just sitting there trying to shift. You're like, never mind. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what game do you think this is? According to usgamer.net, was the uh, highest-grossing arcade games of all time? It's got to be Pac-Man, right? Pac-Man or Donkey Kong? Let's see. Number one. Pac-Man. Number one. Yeah. Sold 400,000 units, and if you adjust for inflation, that arcade cabinet made $7.5 billion in the arcade. Jeez. $7.5 billion from one quarter at a time. <laughs> I want to know how much Time Crisis made, because they came out with Time Crisis, and then Time Crisis 2, and then like a different version of Time Crisis 2. And... Uh, the same with Area 51. They did Area 51, and then they did kind of a different version of that one. Area 51, I spent a lot of time with. I loved that game. A lot of people didn't because it was so cheesy, but mm. it was fun. I think it was interesting with the uh, with that game, too. Uh, well, not that game specifically, but in general, I was reading about some of the, uh, the numbers, and a lot of the numbers are kind of fudged for arcade games because they couldn't really track them specifically because it relayed on you know how much money the arcade operators said the games made. Mm. But when they did their reports, they also didn't differentiate. Street Fighter 2, for a lot of arcades, included Street Fighter 1, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Street Fighter 2 something else. Those would all count as Street Fighter 2. Same oh, thing yeah. when they had like two or three sequels if they didn't keep very good records oh yeah time crisis cool you've got like four different versions of it here oh yeah they played time crisis like so there's a lot of those numbers that are kind of made up uh space invaders number two street fighter two championship and number editions number three so pac-man seven and a half billion dollars right street fighter two which seemed like the biggest game of our generation still made three and a half billion dollars so not even half of what pac-man made it's it's because of the whole thing. You'd go in there and either people would be on Street Fighter, just you know, karate chopping their way through the ranks, or and drop it fifty cents, or you got a quarter where you know you can play for a good ten minutes before you mm-hmm. get. And to top hard. it off, Pac Man, Miss Pac Man is at number four with another two and a half billion dollars of inflation oh adjusted revenue. That was Pac Man with a, a bow. Five. Yep, uh, NBA Jam number five, Defender number six, Asteroids number seven, Mortal Kombat two is number eight, Mortal Kombat one is number nine, and Donkey Kong at number ten, with inflation adjusted revenue of six hundred and eighty-six million dollars. Dude, Mortal Kombat two was by far the superior fighting game in my opinion. I mean, I, Street Fighter was fun, but arcade wise, just. For some reason, Mortal Kombat was was my jam. I, I enjoyed Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 2 took the graphics level because the 
I think Mortal Kombat 1, they were so focused on the motion capture that some of the yeah. gameplay was subpar. Yeah. Mortal Kombat 2, they fixed some of that. The only thing I didn't like about Mortal Kombat 2 was it was so easy to have cheeseball cheats. Mm-hmm. That if somebody just knew how to uppercut, but sweep, 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 uppercut, uppercut, sweep, 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 okay, I win. Like, but yeah. I, oh. <laughs> Dude, how do you think I spent so much time playing that game? <laughs> Cheater. I, you were, you were that good. guy, huh? No. I didn't play it like that against other people because they actually comboed me. And I'm like, how? How do you know this? Yeah, those people start pulling off those 20 and 30 move combos. Okay, that's possible. I'm going to go back to my Sega Genesis. Yeah. One, thing, one thing I'll say while we wrap this up. It, I always felt like a winner because, and I mentioned this before, I would always go around, be at the bowling alley arcade, any arcade I was at, and just check the coin slots because there was always times where kids would put coins in but i would always hit the coin return too mm-hmm. because sometimes the kids would like shove quarters in there and it gets stuck so if you give it a good push or get hit so there's one time i'm pretty sure i got like two dollars in change because there was something i was like hit it and they just all fell out i was like sweet like you always felt like you're cheating the system you're like hey, hey, hey. and then you go waste it real quick on something else but yeah, because well, to us that was making money. The guy running the arcade was like, "You already spent your two dollars. I don't care. Right. <laughs> as long as you put, as long as you put those quarters back in a machine, do whatever you want." Right. <laughs> I, well, and the thing is, is, I always had to make sure that they they weren't looking. You know, like. Mm. Oh yeah, because if they caught you doing it, they did not appreciate yeah. you. No. Fingering their arcade machines. <laughs> Phrasing. Um, and then the last thing is, is like when you go to the arcade, and that would you choose? So, like, if you actually went to an arcade that had the tickets. And, but they'd still have the machines where you could play them and it wouldn't give you tickets. Which one would you choose? The tickets were so dumb. I, yeah. At an early age, all those prices were absolutely worthless that I would have rather played a game for five minutes and walk away with a stupid stuffed gorilla or a kazoo. See, the tickets still got me. I knew how dumb it was, but the tickets still got me because, you know, usually when I'm going to those things, it was like a party and everybody else is like, look at all the tickets I have. I was like, well, I want tickets. When you can get enough to actually win something, I can understand because there's, there's something psychological about that. You get this whole wad of, hey, I can trade these in for something. But it also, I, I feel like they did it wrong because so many of the arcades, like especially the smaller arcades, they had those cool prizes, but you had to have like 40,000 tickets for. So you're like, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm going to come back here every weekend for like three years to win that. But which I, 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 I feel like the Chuck E. Cheese said a better thing because the, the tickets are more like a kazoo is still 50 tickets, but every time you play a game, you get 10 tickets. So you have this armload of stuff like, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm a winner. It's it's so funny because Dave and Buster's went the route where the tickets are then on the card. So you don't have to carry those around anymore, right? But it's also the thing when you're a kid, I don't know about you, but you always go to your, your arcade or whatever, and there'd always be that one item, that big ticket item that you want, but you can tell it has layers of dust on it because nobody can save up their tickets to get that because they give up. I don't know if there's like a scooter or there was a TV or something. I don't remember. I know one was a boombox, but you could just see the layer of dust on it because nobody, for one, nobody <laughs> those, saved those prizes were not to give away. <laughs> no, nobody could save their tickets. For two, if you actually did the math, it would be cheaper to save your allowance and go buy one from the store rather than saving up all your tickets trying to win it from the from the thing. Mm-hmm. So, arcades scammed us early. They taught us <laughs> they taught us life lessons. They did. Make your money last. Don't buy the hype. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but what we do, we spent our money on the new games and got excited about the hype. Mm. We still do. We <laughs> so still do. Th- that's a little trip down memory lane for the, the quarter-sucking arcade games of yesteryear. So 
If you went to arcades when you were a kid, or maybe you still go now, what is your favorite arcade game to play? What? Especially... Where did all your quarters go? They've up so much. Remember when we went to Dave and Buster's? They have Mario Kart 8 now. Mm -hmm. And you go up and it's like $2 to play. You're like, but I have it at home. Mm -hmm. But it's not the same because I'm not sitting in a seat driving like this. And if you did play as a kid, um, and if if you've listened this far, obviously you got kind of excited about that idea. Just do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube or go on Google and just search some of the old video games or arcade games from the decades you went. And you'll find lists and you'll see some gems that you probably played once or twice that are still hidden in your memory. Like, oh, I loved that game. I never thought Mm -hmm. I'd see that game again. It's it's, it's a good good thing to do. But let us know at GidGeekus on social media. What was your favorite quarter-sucking arcade game? And uh, let's all have a conversation about it on on the social. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us for uh, here at the Geekish Podcast. And we will talk at you next week. Nice.